Something that always perplexes me is, um, you know, the attitude that a lot of people have, which is if you don't have a solution to a current problem, then you can't fight against it. Um, or, well, let me say that. If you don't have something to, re- to necessarily alleviate all the questions that come with the current problem, um, and you don't have like a perfect solution that, you know, is, you know, perfectly mapped out and guaranteed to work, then you can't um, fight against a current problem. And, and I think this particularly applies to, um, you know, current violence. You know, a lot of people say, um, or, you know, many people that I talk to um, about anarchism or, you know, just total freedom, uh, having total freedom and, you know, the fears they have with that where, you know, who's going to protect you, who's going to, uh, you know, who's going to prevent violence from happening. Um and these questions basically make it in their mind that until they're solved, until we figure out exactly how, you know, the mechanics of a, uh, you know, self-defense and, a, you know, private security would work in a, um, you know, totally free anarchic society, um, we basically can't get rid of the state. And we just have to have this necessary evil, you know, to, uh, you know, coerce us, but it's better than the terrifying possibility of something else, you know, or of, you know, the black box of anarchy. Um, and, you know, I, I think this is totally wrong. And I, I think we don't need to um, know how we're going to prevent future violence to fight against violence that's happening against us right now. You know, when someone's stealing 50% of my money um, day in and day out, that's theft. And <laughs> taxation is theft, by the way. I don't know if you guys knew. <laughs> New slash. Um, <laughs> that's theft that's being committed against, you know, everyone right now. And we can fight against that. We can say that's not okay. You know, I want that to stop, you know, when, um, you know, there's countless things I can't do or the government prevents me from doing or, you know, makes harder for me than, than it should be. And just generally, you know, is a pain in the ass as it, as it typically is stealing from me and restricting me. Um, you know, I can say that's violence against me right now. And I want to stop that. I want peace in that part of my life. I can fight against an aggressor, the aggressor that's right in front of me without knowing how, without that aggressor, you know, the countless other aggressors might pop up. And you know, what's really funny to me too, is basically, um, actually I'm going to save that for a future podcast episode. Um, but you know, and I'll actually record that right after this, uh, um, more to post, more to post. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's about it basically. And, you know, I think it's kind of like with slavery, right? Uh, people think that, um, or, you know, back in the day, and this is actually a really interesting whole kind of justification for slavery. People, people used to have, um, and, you know, it's particularly slave owners. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of really interesting pieces of that that actually draw a crazy amount of parallels to government and justifications for government. Um, but well, the one that I want to talk about today is basically slave owners used to think, well, you know, these slaves can't get jobs anywhere else. You know, they would starve without, um, you know, they don't have any relevant skills. They don't have any, you know, um, you know, they, they can't create enough value to sustain themselves on their own. So I'm actually doing them a favor by, um, forcing them to stay here and, you know, provide them with a, you know, roof over their head and some food. And, you know, A, they, they, most of them, you know, did have skills that 
could, you know, at least get them those things itself. But, you know, a large reason they didn't have advanced skills or, you know, maybe even more perceived as less intelligent or, or helpless back then because they were fucking slaves. You know, when you chain someone and force them to work 12 hours a day, of course they're not going to get, like, of course they're not going to get, edu- you know, knowledge. Of course they're not going to learn how to do, um, you know, create, you know, a lot of value. And of course, they're not going to have all these things because they're fucking shackled 24-7. Same thing with government. It's like the reason we don't have, you know, good private uh, defense and private security uh, that the or, you know, all the systems that would replace government. And really, the only one that I see as a big issue is the private defense. Um, the other ones are re- really easy to, to, to see where they would almost instantly be replaced by government is because we have this one big entity that prevents any other entity from... You know, it's one big violent kind of monopoly that prevents any other, uh, you know, private uh, uh, consensual uh, defense agencies from coming up. So, you know, it's it's pretty obvious. And, and, and look, anarchy is a black box. We don't know what's going to happen on the other side. But that's with anything, you know. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen in the next moment, the next second. Uh, we do know our current system sucks ass. We do know these people are stealing from us way too much money, giving us back almost no value. And even with the services that they supposedly give us, like policing, uh, they do a terrible job. You know, I've had horrible encounters with police officers. I've had police officers harass my girlfriend um, for no reason, uh, just for, you know, going and skating in a parking lot, uh, questioning or giving her a warning for, you know, suspicious activity. Um, you know, in fact, the other, the other night I, I literally was driving down the street and I saw um, maybe four houses in one neighborhood with police officers walking on doors. And, like, I don't know what they were doing. But it, I can tell you, it was a you know, there shouldn't have been any reason for them to do it, be doing that. I mean, I the first one I was like, oh, it must be like a domestic dispute or something. But I just saw you know lights at houses, lights at houses, lights at houses, and just standing you know with their like you know kind of like present light or whatever you know what I mean. Just like we're here, hi guys, we're here. Lights on. Um, you know, I got chills, man. I got fucking chills. I, I got chills that like, we're in an Orwellian state, and that you know. You know, I even feel scared right now sitting in my car. You know, I'm talking about this shit. It's like, they could be coming for me, you know. And, and, you know, they can't come for everyone who's talking about this. So I think I have a certain degree of safety. And, um, you know, I I believe I have people that care about me. And if if they did come for me or something, you know, I I would be okay. I would turn out okay. And, and, um, but I don't know, man. Uh, It's scary-ass times. and, And we can't choose the people that are supposed to protect us supposed to protect us, but really are violently, um, uh, controlling us. And, you know, it's, it's crazy when, when you can't, when there, when someone has a monopoly on violence and you can't choose them, it's, it's horrible. You know, even like with the oil barons or whatever, and which I, you know, another argument, I think they were great. Uh, at least, you know, from what little I know about them and I don't know a lot, but you could choose them, man. You want to oil somewhere else, you can go fucking somewhere else, man. Like, you don't have to... You're not forced to do them. And they're not in charge of the most important thing in the uh, society. So the one thing that's the most important thing in the society, which is basically... Or in, you know, the world, which is in, is basically protecting you. That's all governments really need to be doing, is protecting you. Or, you know, in my opinion. And they, they shouldn't even be doing that because they do a terrible job of it. But, like, that's the only justification I could see for governments, is they protect you um, against violence. And look, they almost, they prevent almost no violence. They're terrible at finding, you know, violent people before it's committed or protecting you or, you know, really doing anything that's, um, 
Uh, and you know, that's, that's a long rabbit tail, but even if they were great at it, we still should be able to choose. You know, if I can't choose, you know, I can choose what, what restaurant I go for food. Uh, if I can't choose the person who is, uh, uh, the person who stands out of my door with a gun that can, you know, shoot me or shoot someone else, um, you know, supposedly protecting me, that, that's crazy to me. Uh, but yeah, we don't need to have all the answers to, um, you know, how things would work in a free world to fight for freedom. You know, I don't have to, uh, know how to solve future violence to fight for peace in the the current moment. Um, yeah. All I know that is is that even though freedom does seem like a black box, right? You know, there's a lot of a lot of things that haven't really been tested being free yet, uh, <clears throat> like you know private sec- private security or private defense, and that does seem scary. But when I look at how freedom is played out, whenever it is allowed to manifest, you know, when people are allowed to consensually cooperate, and you know create value for each other and work together cooperating is rewarded far more than violence is you know like it's it's far easier in today's world to get money by uh cooperating with someone than than attacking them because well you know it, it when you cooperate with someone you build a positive reputation you make someone else happy. And these, these sound like trivial things, but they're really not because you're actually helping someone and making them happy. So they have no reason to attack you. And they now actually have an incentive to, to help you back and maybe even protects you because if you're providing value for them, then, you know, suddenly you're actually a valuable person to them. And you're, you're, you're someone who with their self-interest is, is, someone they're incentivized to actually, uh, you know, protect, maybe not in a physical protection, but at least protect in, in a, you know, in, in a value creation way. And that's something that can be scaled, right? You know, when you're creating value for other people and they're not attacking you, but actually starting to maybe, you know, at least be friends with you and in some cases protect you and, you know, build better bonds with those people and build, you know, reputation around that, then suddenly and this is really interesting. This actually isn't some ideas I've fleshed out before that I've always, you know, felt very intuitively strong about them, but in had like some subconscious connections and stuff, but yeah, it's a, it's a little more challenging to flesh that than I thought. But so yeah, and I think this is something I'd like to dive into more later too, because you know why consensual cooperation is so much better than violence or coercion or not necessarily better like oh it's a better thing to do you know i think it is but why it's so much it's so much more in line with the self-interest of the people and then why free self-interest would lead to such a cooperation over violence is, is a really interesting question but 
you know, I think at its core, it, it, it does feel really simple to me, and, I, and I'd like to elaborate more on it, but, and I'll, st- I'll keep to the simple idea for now, you know, in this episode. But at the core, it is, you know, it's easy. It's safer. It's more pleasant. When you create something for someone else and they, they give you something in return, you're building something. You're building a life. You're actually like, oh shit, well, you know, now I'm A, you know, making someone else happy, making myself happy, you know, building skills um, and receiving value. But it's also scalable. Like I can actually do this more and it leads to more value creation. When you're using violence to take something from someone else, it's um, making enemies. It's, it's, it's unsafe because there's the risk of people killing you. It's making other people unhappy, making yourself unhappy, you know, destabilizing your life, actually uh, making you more reliant on further violence to protect yourself against these growing threats. It's not scalable. You know, you you can only take so much from other people uh, before people really want to kill you. And, you know, at the end of the day, there's almost only so much to take. And, you know, few people in this world um, have really gotten good at taking. And that's really states, honestly. You know, I look at the, um, outside of like pirates or something, people that have gotten really good at taking, what they do is they start ruling. You know, you start taking from the same people and, and making them think that you're essential to their survival. Well, that's beautiful, actually. Uh, that's a truth that I have not discovered, you know, stumbled upon before, but it's kind of the ultimate takers game because, you know, if you're, you're a pirate and you're going around taking shit from people, then pretty soon people, you know, will beat the shit out of you. They'll kill you. And, you know, you can only get such a, you know, a large enough mass of kind of vagabonds that are just traveling around or so large a mass of vagabonds that are just traveling around and killing people taking their stuff or not, you know, or even just stealing from people before the people who are, you know, cooperating together and, and living safely will band together and fight you. But if you can actually exert rule over people and make them think that you're essential for their survival, uh, then suddenly you have, you're actually able to feed off of the consensual cooperation that's happening within that area and use that for your violence or just, <laughs> you know, be violent against them. But yeah, I mean, that's the key. It's just, it, it's such a more positive, constructive, uh, safe route to consensually cooperate that actually grows and can be developed and has no limit. You know what I mean? If you keep creating value for people and more and more value and more and more value and building systems of people that are creating value that you manage and stuff and are investing in all that shit, like it, it never ends. You're just constantly making the world better, you know, and, and having more for yourself. But when, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're using violence, uh, the amount of people that can do that is very small and the ceiling is very low and the risks are very high and the short term, you know, risks might be easier than trying to create something. But honestly, in the end of the day, it really isn't, uh, it isn't that much higher. So anyways, you know, that's kind of a little short pitch of why I think, when free people will tend towards or, you know, vastly tend towards essential cooperation over violence or coercion. Um, and I think they mostly do, you know, you don't, 
the amount of um, wars have killed far, 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 far more people than um, private violence in the past century. Um, maybe even like two magnitudes more. You know, I think it's it's somewhere around there. Uh, you know, where where, and if you want to talk about not even wars, but violence from you know famines and other state caused things. I, I don't even want to know the numbers. It's in hundreds of millions of deaths, uh, this century. And, and I think, you know, I'll have to look at this, but I think personal violence is only accountable for about a million deaths, um, or individual violence. So, you know, and that's even within a, within a, uh, situation that actually encourages more interpersonal violence in my opinion. So, you know, people really aren't at their throats. People are naturally tending towards uh, consensual cooperation separate from the police. You know, you don't, you don't see, um, it's not like we're constantly at each other's throats and police are having to hold us down and constantly just like police our ass and, and save us from the chaos of anarchy. You know, if we were naturally that violent and chaotic, um, I think we're chaotic, but in a good way, you know, and that's a separate conversation, but chaotic in the negative way that, you know, you're thinking of probably, or you know what I mean? Uh, just stealing from each other and creating nothing. A king wouldn't, wouldn't help us. A king wouldn't help us. But anyways, long ass rant. Um, you know, I think the black box of anarchy will develop into beautiful solutions, uh, once free, just like any other, and basically my argument was that you look at any other area, um, where freedom has been allowed to, uh, you know, just exist and all you see is beautiful competing, um, complex, uh, really effective solutions. So I assume that would extend to private security and would, you know, solve the problem much better than, uh, coercive government. But yeah, we don't need to have all the solutions because, you know, to, to, of how freedom would work to know I want freedom or, you know, how the intricacies of organic emergence would, you know, result to know I want freedom and know I don't want this. I want to fight against this current violence that's happening to me. Catch you in the next one.